Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Today our topic is freedom. And throughout the show we're going to follow the theme that freedom is a state of mind. Did you ever consider this? If you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, you're probably right. So freedom is definitely a state of mind. I also like this thought from Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization. This goal of freedom is in reality the main incentive to tread the path of return. One of the most spiritually exciting things taking place in the world today is the use, in every country, of the word freedom. It was that great disciple, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who anchored the word in a new and more universal sense. It now has a fuller and deeper meaning to humanity. Why why was the Declaration of the Four Freedoms by President Roosevelt, why was it so important? I think it was the time in which he uh, issued that declaration. It came um, during World War II, I believe, when virtually the whole of our planet was engaged in a struggle for freedom, and the forces of light and the forces of darkness were truly lined up against each other. Um, it's also that he was able to identify uh, humanity's, perhaps one of humanity's deepest needs. The writings of Alice Bailey say that liberty is, uh, in fact, the easiest aspect of the divine will that humanity can grasp. So it's a deeply spiritual urge, this desire for freedom. And Franklin Roosevelt uh, touched on it. Uh, Dale, do you remember what those freedoms are? I can't quite weren't remember. They, weren't them. they called the Four Freedoms? Yes. The four Freedoms, yes. And they were part of an address that uh, FDR gave to Congress on January 6, 1941. They were part of a longer message, but these essentially the four freedoms were the first one was freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. Uh, the second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. And the third is freedom from want, which translated into world terms means economic understandings, uh, which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. And the fourth freedom is freedom from fear, which translated into world terms means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world. 
Well, that's, that's well said, and those are those are all four. I think you got to all four of them with that one, Dale. The United States values freedom so highly, but have we really perfected it yet? No, I don't think so. I think it's um, one of those national conditioning glamours, to use a word we've discussed on this program before, glamour meaning that kind of emotional uh, miasma of desire and want and longing that... Uh, so many people are very familiar with. Well, even groups and nations can have uh, certain glamours, and I think freedom is, uh, in a way, a kind of a glamour that uh, the American people have. Because the reason I say that is that our country was founded on the ideal of freedom, and there's been uh, there have been great sacrifices made for freedom by our predecessors, and we are grateful to them. But I think at the present time, freedom is seen as almost a kind of individual license, uh, a kind of privilege that people think they are owed by society to do whatever they want, to indulge their their longings, their material desires at the expense sometimes of others. But um, was it Abraham Lincoln who said that one man's freedom stops where another man's freedom begins. We have to remember that as part of a, a society, uh, as a member of a group, our freedoms naturally bump up against the needs and um, expectations of others. And I think that's overlooked in our culture. Yes, and our freedoms have been um, pretty much uh, of a material focus, um, mm -hmm. like the demand for rights, human rights, and voting rights, and freedom of religion, and freedom of speech, and uh, all of that. And so our interest is in acquiring these rights, uh, which is all rights that are necessary in the great evolution of consciousness and all that. It's a stage, but I think we have to realize that this is not where freedom stops. Uh, um, as you mentioned um, back in 200 and so years ago in the, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, that was kind of the first uh, awakening in the American consciousness of the need for freedom, and it was a great uh, awakening, and actually it was a great uh, spiritual event in the history of this country and um, in the history of humanity, I think, because uh, it was the first time that, along with the French Revolution, that the idea of freedom that human beings have freedoms uh, really came to light and yeah. it's been growing ever since. I don't think we want to give the impression that we downplay or, or devalue the concept of freedom. It's not that. What what bothers me is this, the interpretation of freedom as, uh, as license, as a kind of carte blanche to do what one will. And that just does not... Um, mesh itself with the fact that the world is shrinking, that uh, we live in societies where we have to find ways to establish right relationships with others. The world is becoming an increasingly smaller place and people of very different cultures and backgrounds and traditions have to find ways to live peacefully with each other. Freedom uh, has to be understood in terms of a universal quest and not just an individual urge. And I think we see this this um, this difference of, a, of view over what freedom is in the clash uh, that we see in uh, 
Eastern and Western ideas of civil rights. There have been um, conferences held uh, by the United Nations and other organizations for civil for um, human rights, where people from Asian nations have been accused of not uh, honoring the concept of freedom and human rights by the West. But they have turned around and said, yes, you leave your people free to starve in the streets if uh, they don't have a job or a home. You see, so they look at freedom as kind of a neglect of uh, mm -hmm. the neediest members of society. They have a point. They certainly do. They really do. And I think it's very hard to perfect freedom because freedom, like so many other qualities in life, uh, we attain one freedom and we can always go deeper to other freedoms as well. For example... I don't know anyone who's free from fear, and when you really look at fear and how fear affects us, how many decisions in life on the part of certain individuals are based out of fear, we tend to want a secure life, and so often we don't actualize our true self, who we really are, because every move that we make is based on, is this safe? And I have a fear if I do this, uh, another thing may happen that I might not like the consequences of. And so fear really is one of the greatest freedoms that we can attain. And in order to become, to become who we are, I think that needs to be uh, worked on by all of us, freedom from fear. Alice Bailey says that today there are two qualities coloring the coming civilization. And those two qualities are freedom and spiritual security. And I like that phrase, spiritual security, too. What does she mean by that? I think... I've puzzled over this statement because, like you have just said, freedom from fear is probably the, the most liberating um, psychological state we can attain. I think spiritual security is the kind of uh, psychological view of the world that um, liberates one from fear and uh, assures one that, as I, was it Einstein who said that the universe is basically a friendly place? That's an expression of spiritual security, that we live in a world where things progress according to spiritual and divine law, that justice reigns, that peace will prevail. This is a great aspiration for humanity, and that's, I think, what Alice Bailey meant by spiritual security. Um, that and the urge to freedom liberate the soul to uh, achieve its highest level. Yeah, we tend to look at security or intent <coughs> in terms of uh, material security, and uh, that really doesn't always bring us security when we no. when we are put it in those terms. And as you say, it is this true sense of security comes by way of the soul, and when that soul impulse begins to uh, tincture and color are the human consciousness, then uh, <clears throat> we find that we are much more secure. We're secure within ourselves, and that works out in our lifetimes. And uh, so it, it must come from within first, I think. It comes from within, and I think it has to evolve to a concern for the needs of others we begin with a concern for our own well-being and then we extend it to our loved ones and our family and our neighbors and the people who resemble us. But it eventually has to extend to the whole of humanity. And I think that's where we, we are, that's a point we're reaching now, um, speaking of humanity, that we understand now that human rights, the aspiration for rights and freedoms is a universal urge. 
this has been one of the great accomplishments of the United Nations, I think, that we now can comprehend and uh, respect the fact that people who, on an outer level, are widely different from ourselves have certain instinctual needs and urges, psychological uh, urges that we all share. And uh, those include the, the need to live lives with certain freedoms, as Roosevelt said, to speak, to worship freely, freedom from economic uh, hardship. And um, this this growth of concern is what's leading to uh, so many wonderful organizations that work for human rights. And uh, there, there are so many of them, one being Freedom House, which is in the same building as we have our offices and tracks the uh, state of freedom throughout the world on an annual basis. Their report is on the website at www.freedomhouse.org. And it's very interesting to read. For example, Mexico took an enormous advance in freedom last year with the election of um, Fox uh, and the rejection of the party that had been in power for, what, 50 years. There are other nations that have taken a step backwards, but throughout the world we realize people are um, sharing this urge, and it is honored more and more by nations. And if people want to explore this topic further, also Alice Bailey gets into a viewpoint of how we can view the uh, the world or the universe as a friendly place, but for that you'd have to really scratch the surface of the Alice Bailey books and explore that particular concept. And I think just by reading the Alice Bailey books, you can see the universe, reality, as being a friendly place, but there's some reading involved in that. So if you really want to develop uh, further knowledge about Lucy's Trust, read the books of Alice Bailey. And to order those books, you can order them either from uh, Borders or uh, Barnes & Noble, or you can order order uh, the Alice Bailey books directly from Lucy's Trust. And the good news, too, is if you order them from Lucy's Trust, you get a 10% discount, providing you buy all 24 volumes. So... If you'd like to order the books, give us a call at 1-866-NY-LUCIS. That's uh, 1-866. Think of New York LUCIS, N-Y-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Or if you like the uh, numbers, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Our website is www org. Our email is New York at Lucis Trust. That's one word, org. And also, if you'd like the um, book called The Science of Meditation, so many people have uh, uh, developed an interest in that, you're welcome to give us a call. We'd be happy to send that out to you free of charge. And more importantly, though, I think it would be wonderful if you got a general package of information to find out more about us. Uh, we're not a religion. We're more of a philosophy organization, a way of leading life, approaching life, one that hopefully will uh, bring you some degree of peace and understanding of your universe, both the inner universe and the outer universe. So give us a call at 1-866-NY-LUCIS for that free book on meditation or to order our books or to get a free general package of information where you'll find out a lot about who we are, our meetings, and uh, what we do together, and uh, uh, you're certainly welcome to become a part of uh, all that we do. Alice Bailey has also written that freedom is a state of mind and not a condition of being. Can you explain that? 
Yes, I think that she uh, is referring to the phenomenon that uh, explains why people, even those who are imprisoned, can uh, achieve a state of liberation. For example, Nelson Mandela was imprisoned on Robben Island in South Africa for, I think, 28 years. And yet, throughout that period, he remained psychologically and spiritually free. From all that I've read about him, his spirit... His inner being was never conquered by his prisoners, and in fact, he became a kind of a, uh, an example of the liberated spirit to them. They had great respect for him. Another example is Malcolm X, who, um, controversial as he is, he, if you read his autobiography, it was in prison that he really attained his liberation, mm-hmm. because it was there that he taught himself to read and write using the dictionary. And he became exposed to people of different uh, religious paths, and he had had none himself. He converted to Islam, and uh, he really transformed his life in prison. Hmm. Other examples are people who are very ill. Um, I've even read of people who are quadriplegics or in iron lungs from having had polio, but their spirit, their psychological life is free, and they become educated and creative contributors. The elderly often uh, attain a state of freedom in their in their last years. They reach a liberation. So it is a state of being. Yes, and uh, it's related, I think, to the um, freedom. There, are, as I say, there are two kinds of freedoms: this freedom of the freedom of rights and the freedom to vote and to speak and all that, and then there's the freedom from kind of thing, the freedom from uh, the illusions that we carry around with us. And actually it is uh, where the mind aspect comes in, it's, it's the freedom from the illusions, from the glamours that uh, bottle us up and keep our minds kind of imprisoned in a sense. And so I think if we are able to um, look at the uh, freedom from aspect of freedom, then we begin to develop a greater capacity for freedom. And that's a very important thing when it comes to a true sense of freedom in the spiritual sense, because then we're bringing in the um, the qualities of the soul. And those are the qualities that, by which we uh, acquire a greater capacity for freedom. So it's it's worth thinking about. I know that uh, Blake, the famous uh, romantic poet, um, wrote a lot about manacles of the mind, and what you just said reminded uh, me of that, that we we have certain uh, handcuffs that we put on our own uh, self, our own individuality, but even even the ability to act as an individual, to express your different, unique thoughts in a way that uh, that you want to. So many of us are afraid of what other people think all the time, and when we go through life uh, not making a move because of fear of other people's opinion, that's also a limitation as well. So that's uh, whatever you said may, triggered that idea with, uh, within me, Dale. Can we be imprisoned by freedom? And what keeps what keeps one from being truly free? Well, let's let's do one at a time with that. Sorry about that. I think that uh, freedom can become imprisoning if it keeps one locked in on oneself and one's own wants and desires. Um, the concept of Uh, wanting to be absolutely free of any restraint or of any commitment or responsibility 
is, uh, when you think about it, a spiritually a severe limitation because we, we, we don't live as islands in an ocean. We have relationships, whether we want them or not, uh, throughout our lives. We are members of groups. We begin with being born into a family. We, as adults, belong to a workplace. We have co-workers. We have neighbors. We have uh, friends and uh, partners of all sort, sorts. So the idea that uh, we should live for ourselves alone, if we do hold that idea, that to me is a, a tremendous limitation to the spirit. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. freedom can become very limiting if it's uh, adhered to in a a fanatical sense that we become englamored mm-hmm. by the idea of freedom that uh, it becomes a, a fanatical cause towards which we uh, must you know <clears throat> sacrifice, sacrifice everything, everything yeah, yeah. for one's narrow point of view yeah. and uh, for example I think uh, that happened well back in the McCarthy hearings we had this fanatical uh, sense of uh, um, communism taking over the country and uh, it was a real difficult time, a real um, almost evil time and we, we really get caught up in the glamour there at that time but so you know, it can become a, a, a very imprisoning uh, uh, idea too I imagine if uh, people could see freedom from the angle of the soul, they might realize that it's uh, a very different issue to the soul. The personality, the outer person, thinks it wants its independence and license to do what it will. But the soul has commitments and responsibilities that it wants to fulfill. So for the soul, I imagine freedom is the capacity to uh, fulfill its its intended commitments, its its mm-hmm. goals, which always contribute to the the group good and never uh, pertain to the individual selfish interest. That simply doesn't mm-hmm. figure to the soul. So we we think of freedom as freedom from control, but in fact, the soul does control us if we are at all evolving spiritually. We as souls submit to the control of uh, divine will. We're not uh, entirely free. In fact, there's a saying from the writings of Alice Bailey that obedience for the soul, obedience lies ahead with freedom in its hand. Obedience and freedom go together uh, for the soul. Obedience to the plan which it seeks to serve and the freedom to fulfill that intention on on behalf of the plan are two sides of the mm-hmm. same coin. Yeah, I think it's that lack of soul response that um, keeps us from being truly free. And that was the other part of the question. And what keeps one from being truly free? And I think it's as long as we're locked into this um, material sense of freedom, then we won't be truly free. Uh, but it's when that that energy of the soul, that impact and the qualities of the soul begin to come through, then you begin to really, truly understand what freedom is uh, all about. I want to go back a moment because you're mentioning the word soul. And the way I view soul, and the way I've read it in the Alice Bailey books, is soul is the best within us, uh, the divinity within us. 
And so uh, I'm not sure, but I think what you're saying is that when we evolve spiritually and we reach a point where we're going to um, never betray the best within us, never betray the divinity within us, then what's happening is that the soul then is uh, controlling us, which is good, and if we're spiritually evolved, that should be a plus. But am I correct in assuming that when we talk about the soul, we're talking about the highest uh, within us, the best within us, the divinity within us? Yes, the the divine um, spark within the human being is the soul. Uh, I think you've defined it quite well. Mm-hmm. It's our higher self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was important to me because I wasn't really understanding for a moment what you were saying, but uh, that really clears it up for me. Uh, I'd like to come back to another point, too, that you Mm -hmm. mentioned before, Robert, about uh, in response to this uh, thought of what keeps one from being truly free. I think we can't overemphasize the limitation of fear, as you have mentioned. And um, I found in my own life uh, that the exercise of trying to overcome something that one is afraid to do is enormously um, uh, liberating. Uh, mm-hmm. to one's sense of self-confidence. If you if you allow your fears to keep you uh, from doing what you really feel compelled to do, whether it's traveling to a distant place or trying uh, a new uh, form of um, work or expanding your education or whatever, if you allow your fears to keep you from doing that, you're really um, inhibiting uh, your chance to live life fully. And the only way I know to work through those fears is to just bulldoze through them one at a time and uh, you find that they're not as bad as you thought they would be. Or maybe um, what Alice Bally uh, writes about in her book, The As-If Theory, that might help also if we sit in uh, meditation and visualize us doing uh, the actual thing that we fear uh, as if we were doing it, I think that that might be a plus. That might help us to work out fears. But yes. so much of what she goes into is really daily help for a living, how to go through our everyday life, be more courageous people. And by the way, if there are people out there who would like to make a contribution to us, if you like this radio show, as many of you have expressed, we stay on the radio due to your contributions or purchase of our books. So give us a call if you want to do that at one eight six six ny lucis Let's think, think of New York Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, or one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. Is there a relationship between freedom and liberation? I think so. Perhaps it would be in in the matter of perspective. Freedom is usually regarded as something that you earn and that society gives to you, whereas liberation is a personal achievement. We liberate ourselves. No one else can do that for us. And uh, there's that wonderful poem by Robert Browning, Paracelsus, that touches on this. He said that to know consists in opening out a way whence the imprisoned splendor may escape, rather than effecting entry for a light supposed to be without. There's the imprisoned splendor within all of us that seeks release. That's liberation. And it's a spiritual event, um, not uh, something bestowed by society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freedom is the uh, main incentive to tread the path of return, and at the end of the path of return is when we gain liberation. You might put it that way. Well, in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. 
There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It is a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.